Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts, ideas and stories from some incredible guests to hopefully inspire you to live more adventurously in your everyday lives. So today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Sally Orange to the podcast. Sally is a former soldier, she's a charity fundraiser, she's a physiotherapist, an Invictus Games medalist, inspirational speaker, she's an ambassador for the Army Cadet and a mental health advocate. But she's probably best known for running around marathons dressed as a piece of fruit, which obviously linked to her wonderful surname has become a bit of a trademark for Sally and I think that's where I first came across Sally. And I was fortunate enough to meet her last year and um, went for a little walk in the local area. And, and what I found so amazing and why I really wanted to speak to her for this podcast, as well as all of these wonderful, huge adventures that Sally has taken on and raised so many thousands of pounds for charity, is just what a lovely humble, down-to-earth person she is. And actually just being able to have those conversations like this was something that you did every day, whereas for the rest of us, probably even one of those adventures would be a lifetime achievement. Um, and so I wanted to get a little bit more to the bottom of that with her. And I invited her on the podcast and I'm so glad she accepted. So Sally, welcome to the show. It's absolutely Aww. lovely to have you here. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And that's really kind of you to, to say those those lovely words. So thank you. I guess my first question has to be, and I know it's probably a pretty huge question, but I mean, what inspired you when you think back to taking on that very first adventure or um, challenge that you did? What what was it that motivated you to do it? And how have you gone on from there? Do you know, it's, it's funny because I remember at the age of eight watching the London Marathon and thinking, wow, I want to do that. I distinctly remember it. Um, but it actually took me another 24 years before I actually plucked up the courage to go and do it. So I don't find these things easy. And, you know, there's a lot of fear and a lot of doubt. And, and I look back now and, you know, try and try and get it so that other people let me have the mistakes that, that I've learned by and don't leave it 24 years before before going and doing something. Um, so, you know, I think at the age of eight, I then did a little bit of running and did OK at school with running and actually got to the English schools um, cross country championships. And I, I say that because in the very same race was Paula Radcliffe. Now, it sounds amazing, but I came 238th. And she came second. So there was that. But then two days later, I actually broke my leg um, really quite, quite severely and spent a month in hospital and had to have metal work. In it. This was at the age of 16, had to have metal work in it. And then, yeah, didn't run till I was 24, you know, properly. And that's when I took on my very, very first marathon, which was, as I say, I'd got all these fears that I wouldn't be able to raise the money that I needed for the charity place. That was one of the biggest fears. You know, I wasn't from a background where, um, you know, it, it just wasn't really done. There was none of the, um, the just giving that that type of thing really then. And that was one of my biggest fears. And yeah, you know, what if I can't finish? And, and I gave myself three goals in the end of it. Um, I told myself, right, I want to try and do this and finish without walking. Um, and I wanted to try and do it under four hours. Uh, so I, you know, sort of set set that goal at all. 
but actually I wanted to finish. So that was my first goal was to finish, finish without walking and do it under four hours. And I did it in 408. And I just kind of thought two out of three isn't, you know, that's, that ain't bad. So um, yeah, that's, that's sort of where I was inspired. And um, I did actually get the Guinness world record for the fastest marathon dressed as a superhero, because to take off the pressure I thought if I do it dressed as um, in, in fancy dress, it'll help with the fundraising, but it will also, you know, I, I, if I didn't get that fast record, I think in my mind it would help me um, not be too hard on myself. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's sort of where, where it all started. And I think it was after that, I, I literally crossed the finish line and probably for the first time, time in my life, I, I felt like a superhero. Um, you know, that feeling when you you never, ever forget your first marathon. Some people have said it's a little bit like sex, that you never, ever forget your first time. And, and I, you know, I, I don't. I still, when anybody else is, is doing their first 5K, 10K, whatever challenge they're going for, I've still got those emotions that I can go back to and know how they'll be feeling. So, you know, that nervousness beforehand. But also, I also remember that feeling at the end um, that I get really excited that other people are going to get that feeling when they when they finish. Um, and yeah, it kind of went on from there, really. I did my next marathon it, again. I really dug deep and I think at the time I had to raise 1500 and I'd raised 4,500. Um, so I'd gone all out with the, with the fundraising. And so the, the next year I thought I've got to do something even, you know, bigger and better. And that's where I thought I'll run as a piece of fruit and I'll run as an orange for my surname because that might help people sort of get, get behind me and see that I'm doing something different. And that got me the Guinness World Record for the fastest marathon dressed as a piece of fruit. And when your surname's orange, that's, uh, yeah, it kind of kind of stuck, really. I love it. And then who even knew that there was a Guinness World Record for that? I mean, that's what I love about it. And then the next year I went to Afghanistan with the army. And while I was there, I... Um, I got a banana costume sent out, so so did one around Camp Bastion as a as a banana. So yeah, it kind of kind of went from there really, and then just just went on. So I'm now the only person in the world that's ran a marathon on every continent dressed as a different piece of fruit. <laughs> I, for some reason, I can't can't imagine that there's a huge amount of competition, <laughs> but still incredibly impressive nonetheless. I think just running a marathon on every continent, quite frankly, and then doing it in a sweaty. I can't imagine it's that comfortable running as a piece of fruit. So I think just for that, I've got, yeah, major respect. Um, So you've taken on, I mean, a lot of really mind-blowing challenges, endurance events that for many people, even one of those would be a once in a lifetime achievement. But when you think of the sort of the challenges that you've personally faced when doing them, I mean, what sticks in your mind? Is it the physical or were there other challenges that you've encountered along the way? There, there is the physical and um, one of those challenges was the, the marathon de Saab. So the, the six and a half, six marathons in, in six days. But I, I'm in, in some ways, I'm really lucky that my biggest challenges have come outside of adventures that really then help me drive forward when I am in adventures. So it's almost a, a turning a negative into a, a positive. And I I suffer really quite severely with depression and um, chronic anxiety. And that has been a biggest challenge, a really big challenge. And there's times when I've had to take myself to hospital because um, I can't see myself getting getting through a day. 
and I it's still very vivid those feelings and those those emotions so whenever in a big challenge I'm having a tough time I just think it's not as bad as that time when I was really ill and it's not as important as that time as when I was really really ill so it's it's now sort of turning it around and going actually there was a positive in being rock bottom in that whenever I'm doing any of these physical challenges doesn't really matter you know the world's not going to end where when I was really poorly um the world nearly did end so that's um yeah I think it, that's where you know my, my challenge and, and that's now linked to why I do the things dressed as pieces of fruit because although there's a fun um fun element to it and it's to, trying to show people that you don't have to be the fastest you don't have to be the fittest but if you can go out have fun enjoy yourself and raise money for charity then then it's all great and when I'm dressed as a piece of fruit at any marathon that I go to it makes people smile and it's really hard not to smile when you're dressed as a piece of fruit and people come and talk to you if I was in shorts and t-shirt on my own a lot of the time people wouldn't talk to me but when I'm suddenly stood there as a blueberry or a pineapple they'll come and say why why are you wearing that and I'll say I'm just wanting to raise awareness and break down the stigma attached with with mental illness and that invariably starts a conversation and um, people will quite often say they've had a problem or they know somebody who's had a problem and really subtly it starts that conversation that somebody didn't realise they were going to walk into that. And if somebody's not comfortable, then I just go back to talking about the costume or... Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really fun way of, again, sort of, say, breaking down the barriers for me of not putting pressure on myself. So so many people with, with challenges go for time and they'll say, what time are you going for? And I just use the line now and I say, I'm going for the time of my life because half the time people don't even know what four hours means when you've never ran a marathon um so yeah it's really sort of break, breaking down lots of things really and saying anyone can achieve more than they think they can if they put their mind to it and the reason I say that is a lot of people say to me I could never run a marathon and I say I really think that you could because if you were to have your children or your parents or somebody very close to you that was 26.2 miles away and they were in distress, they were in trouble. There's no cars, there's no buses, no trains, no other way of getting there apart from on foot. You would get there. Doesn't mean you would get there in the quickest time or as quick as somebody else, but you would find a way of getting there. And that's why I truly believe that it's very much in, in the mind as what, what you can achieve. That's such an interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? That in a way it's sort of, and I know I've discussed this with quite a few people on the podcast before, this idea of what's your purpose. Actually, if there's a strong enough purpose, a strong enough reason for you to do that, then actually suddenly the challenge becomes something you want to do, that's something you feel compelled to do rather than something to overcome in a yeah. way. And I think that's yeah. a really interesting way of thinking about it. The, they're the obvious benefits of raising the money, raising the awareness and, and, and that side of things that's come out of all of these, these challenges you've done, um, which are all phenomenal in themselves. But I was just wondering what have been the, the sort of the unexpected benefits for you as a result of, of, of following this path? So I think, you know, I think it is um, that there have been some really unexpected ones. And, and as I say, it was a real challenge for me being open about my challenges with, with mental health. And although some doors closed, because unfortunately I was medically discharged from the army, um, 
the army cadets have really sort of embraced the fact that I've been open about it. And when I was asked to be the national ambassador, uh, ambassador for the army cadets, as well as it being a, an incredible honour, um, you know, real pride with that, their motto is to inspire, to achieve. So it gives me a purpose to live each day to try and think about inspiring for others to achieve and for for young people to have um, something to look look up to or to look towards it doesn't have to be a fitness challenge you know and I'm all about whether it be healthy eating um, and that's you know with the fruit and I'm soon going to be venturing into running as uh, vegetables as well Um, but just physical activity it doesn't have to be something you know massive Um, my latest challenge actually was 100 miles around the Nightingale Hospital where I was working as a physiotherapist at the time and it was only one mile a day and for 100 days now a lot of people would say and I wanted other people to come and join me with that as well And each mile I was dedicating to a member of the armed forces and an NHS worker. And I did half of them dressed in hospital scrubs and half of them dressed in military uniform. And I wanted people to come and join me. And they would say, oh, I can't run a mile. And I'd say, that's all right. Come and walk it with me. And we'd do it. We'd have a chat. And they'd be like, is that it? And I'm like, yeah, that's all it is. But it's just consecutively doing something. And for people to realise that you can... Um, you know, only take small things each day that really mount up and you've achieved, a, you know, a whole a whole amount. And I think you can look at that both ways. You can then look at something huge and think, actually, if I break that down, it's only a mile a day. Um, but if I'm looking at it the other way, if I cumulatively do that, wow, I've managed to achieve 100 miles. Um, so, yeah, there's been some really interesting um, benefits. And one thing that I wouldn't really really say is a benefit but again it's been open about about mental health challenges is I did become eligible to compete in the Invictus Games now the Invictus Games is funny because it's the the kind of games that nobody wants to actually be eligible to be able to take part in but it's a case of then accepting and realizing you are in that situation these things have happened um and you know I was in a category which was an open category. So everybody else in my category had been um, medically discharged for the same same reasons. Um, and, you know, and, and through that, um, I, you know, I've met I've met royalty um, and, yeah, you know, different different doors have opened. So I, I'm now a great believer. It's very hard at the time, but one door closes and another one opens. I think that's how you look at have to look at things sometimes. No, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's such an important philosophy, I think, for so many things. I mean, one thing I know about you is that there's always going to be something next so, <laughs> and probably several things next. And it's a question I often ask my guests. So, so what, what have you got lined up next? What, what are your next challenges? I have got a few. One's tomorrow, actually. I'm doing a 5K swim to, tomorrow um, with, with a good friend who has had a, a severe stroke. So for me, a lot of the challenges are not necessarily always about me. It's about supporting others with their own um, their own challenges as well. One thing I have got later in the year, um, I have got something big, which I'm in the process of just sort of arranging, but um, I have got an Ironman. I've done or an Iron Distance Challenge. I've done eight different Ironman events before, but there's a really quite strange and almost quite nice story, if you don't mind me just telling you, as to, to this. So it was it's the Royal, Royal Marines Ice um, 
Iron Distance Challenge. And last year I did it as a recce, um, but I hadn't really been on my bike and I hadn't done much running. So I did the swim um, and then I did the bike and it's really hilly down in Devon where it takes place. And I, it was four laps of the same route and I chose to wear a different fruit for each lap of the bike. It then got to the the run and I was already last. Um, there was only eight of, it, eight of us doing it, but I was last. And the marathon was along the southwest coast path. So I, I set off and I just thought, you know, this is stupid. I'm, it's going to take me six or seven hours. I don't know where I'm going. It's going to get dark. And I felt the pressure of somebody being at the checkpoint. Um, so I turned back, went back to the race HQ and I said, look, I said, I'm going to do the distance. I said, I'm just going to run up and down this road, dress as an apple by myself. Um, so tell your person at your checkpoint to go home. Um, and I'll, you know, when I finished, I'll just get into my van. And I did one o'clock in the morning, pressed stop on my watch, 26.2 miles, got into the van. The next morning, somebody said, oh, what time did you finish? And I said, oh, well, it was one o'clock in the morning, but I didn't actually really do it, did I? Because um, I didn't do the actual marathon. I said, so I'm going to go back and do it today. And they said, what? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, go and do it. And she said, well, oh, so-and-so will come and join you. So somebody eight miles in came and joined me. It was absolutely stunning. The view was amazing. We chatted away. And because somebody had heard what I'd done by going back the next day and doing the marathon, they doubled my sponsorship. So I'd, I'd raised £400 and they um, doubled it to, to £800. So more for the charity. Um, I got to meet somebody that I would never have had the opportunity previously. And as I say, saw incredible scenery. So it really asked the question, what is success? Because what they've now done this year, they've asked me to be an ambassador for that event alongside Bear Grylls and Steve Backshaw. So wow. <laughs> little old me, Sally Orange, who came last. Um, but I just think it's such a great message for, for people to realise actually coming last does have its benefits. And for so many people, there's the fear that what if I come last? Well, I always say to people, if you come last, you generally get the biggest cheer because everybody else has finished. Whereas if you come first, most of those people are behind you. So it's just turning that psychology around, really. Well, I love that, actually, that you couldn't do what you'd set out to, but somehow by sort of finding a way through that and making it your own, it's also led to other things. I think, yeah, it's it's such an important lesson. Um, and, you know, and it was it was safer um, because it, mm. would, it would have been dark. It was a yeah. challenging coastal, coastal path. And, you know, it was thinking about, you know, the other person waiting there for me at the the checkpoint you know they would have been getting cold yes totally and wet and you know I potentially could have put a lot of people in danger if I'd have taken a wrong step or or gone the wrong way and it, it just didn't feel that it needed needed that so um it might have been a bit of a different mental game running up and down the the same street um but yeah, so I say, lots some ways. I think that's probably the bigger challenge. To be honest, <laughs> at least you've got nice scenery to look at the other way, and then you had to do it again. But yeah. Um, so my next question is: I mean, it's one I ask all my guests because there'll be people listening to this and just going, "Wow, I don't even know how to get started on my first adventure, let alone you know imagine do, doing all of those and uh, achieving all of that." Um, if you had one piece of advice for someone listening to this and they want to get started their own adventure, whether that's running or anything else, what would it be? So I've actually developed my own little hashtag here. So it's hashtag 
juice do it procrastination is so much of a big barrier and for me as I say it took 24 years before wanting to do something than actually doing it but we can always think when I've got this when I've done this when I'm good enough to do this and there's almost never you know never something there's always a building block so if it is just getting out your front door to to go for a run or, or getting on a bike is I'd go back to that start small and build up um build up gradually and you'll realize you can achieve more than more than you think you can and and just not being afraid of of failure um because you learn so much more from not achieving and as I've just you know explained some other doors can open up you know the person who came first wasn't hasn't asked been asked to be an ambassador for the event um so that there are different different ways of um you know that the path is different for for everyone so yeah I know it's a bit of a take on Nike's just do it but it's uh juice do it to young people as well because mm. um, fear stops us and it has done in my lifetime stopped me from doing so much so um yeah just you know start small and build build up Amazing. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's, it's finding a way around that fear, which is opens up so many doors as you've illustrated so perfectly. Sally, thank you so much. That's been incredible. If that, if people want to find out more about you, about your challenges, where can they go? So I have got a website now. It's taken me a long time to get one, but uh, Um And I'm in, on Instagram as Sally Orange with a, a zero rather than the actual letter O. Um, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook um, on on all of those. So um, yeah, come and come and see and maybe put a fruit costume on someday and come and join me for something. I love celebrating and doing other people's challenges as well as um, as well as my own because every everybody's got a story and a reason why they're doing those things and I love finding out that about other people when they're doing that awesome thanks so much Sally and we'll put all those links in the show notes as well so people can go and find you once again thank you so much for your time today it's been amazing and yeah I'm wishing you all the best with all of your challenges which I know you don't need but the very best of luck with all the challenges you have lined up take care thank you very much bye So I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sally. I wanted to pick up this week on the point that she made around failure, because I think it's a really interesting one. And I mean, one of my favorite podcasts is How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. And it's been such an inspiration for me in terms of thinking about, you know, what you really want to know about from people as well. What are the sort of things that inspire us And often it's not when people have achieved fantastic successes, although that's, of course, incredible and we should celebrate them. But often what we find inspiration is when people have found a way through their own failures. And when we also are able to see them as fallible, that we can recognize something about our own humanity in them, too, that they're not superhuman or superheroes. I was listening to her interview with Ed Miliband, and he talked about one of the things about failure is that often it was the anxiety and the anticipation of failure, which was far worse than the failure itself. Once the thing happens, then you can deal with it, then you can put plans in place to be able to manage it. But the thought of failing was often the thing that caused the most anxiety or in lots of cases, paralysis. Um, It's the thing that stops us from trying something new in the first place. And so that's the thought I wanted to leave you with this week, that there is so much often that 
that we think we would like to try or things that we'd like to give it a go. And often the thing that stops us is actually, what if I don't make it? What if I get this wrong? What if? And sometimes it's worth just pivoting that and going, well, you know, actually, what if I fail? And that opens, as Sally said, what if I fail and that opens another door for me that I don't even know it's there? But if I don't try, then I won't ever know. So yes, I'd love to know what you think. You know, what is that? What is the thing that you would try if you weren't afraid to fail? So I'm going to leave it there for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please do reach out, get in touch. I'm on Instagram, Resilience at Work. You can find me via my website, resiliencework.co.uk. You can join us in the Everyday Adventure Club on Facebook, or please do leave me a review. I would love to know your thoughts. Otherwise, I'll be back again next week with our penultimate episode of season three. I can't believe it. But yes, another wonderful everyday adventure for you. And I look forward to speaking to you then. Take care. Bye.